You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of oh shit meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. Today you are listening to a coaching episode. In these episodes, you get a little peek into what is normally a private space, my one-on-one coaching practice. This really gives you a glimpse into what it's like to be guided and held by me and will hopefully leave you with some key aha moments. Everyone who is coached here in these episodes has consented to publicizing these sessions and remains anonymous for the sake of confidentiality. In today's session, we are exploring my client's relationship with her mother, and in particular, some challenges that have come up in times of COVID. And a lot of the work we did here in this session was actually about inner little girl work and how often this is the key to receiving the type of love that we desire ourselves. And so we walk through a lot of that and get clarity on what it is that she needs to champion and nurture in order to heal her relationship with her inner little girl and then subsequently her mother. Enjoy. What is percolating in your heart this morning? It might be different than what you went to sleep with. It might be different than when you booked the time to do this coaching session. You might be deeper and more present. And just allow yourself to be with what is right now. And when you've got something that pops in, just feel free to share it in the space. just it mm, my heart has this feeling of longing and it's like um it I don't think the word is like unfulfilled but like Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it feels like an unfulfillment, like an incompleteness. It's like, a, yeah, like a, a longing, a desire. Yeah. 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 And when you either feel into or see that longing in your heart, what does it look like or feel like? If you were to describe it in color, texture, shape. I, I mean, I could literally see it, it like this vision, like this picture of my mom and me and like what I'm missing, like what 
I, I wanted what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So you see just, your mom, you see you, are you an adult? Are you younger? I'm younger. Um, I'm a child and, and she's, it's a, it's a picture of what I want. Um, and it's, it's just her hugging me. It's, it's a closeness. It's us mm. hugging each other. Do you and your mom often hug? No. Mm -mm. Has that always been the case? Um, well, for as long as I can remember, it's just not something that at least, yeah, as a child, I, I don't remember it very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I've taken on, like, trying to do it as an adult, definitely. And she's receptive. Um, but I think as a child, I know it's not there, that memory that I, I would like. Mm. And so this longing that you're feeling now in your heart, does it feel like an old longing or does it feel like a longing for something that can be filled right now in the present? Oh, I, I know it can be filled in the present. It's just a matter of... <sighs> of whether or not my mom is ready to to do that and because I, I feel at least I've been feeling I've been feeling ready mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so the longing is really showing you hey I'm ready I'm ready for this, but there is something in you that is waiting also for, and questioning like, hey, is, is my mom ready for this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what is it that you feel really ready for? Because you mentioned that you do now as an adult hug her often, but it sounds like there's something deeper there that the longing is wanting like what does this hug really represent or what does it give you yeah i think it's 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 an intimacy a closeness that i've never really had with her mm. um, it's it's the kind where like I don't even want to say it because it's I know it's not true like like it's an unconditional love that like 
I'm sure my mom has for me, but like, I don't feel it because I feel, I feel judged and, and not accepted. What would she need to do for you to feel accepted and unconditionally loved? Um, listen to me without, um, without, (laughs) without turning into a victim and just listening to me, like with that, Mm. the kind of love that like, I imagine I, I believe she can give to a daughter. And so what I'm hearing or it feels like is part of what really is hurting you here is how she will make everything about herself on some level. It's not conscious. But when you're just wanting to be held and listened to, to be seen and heard, that there's some way in which it always comes back to her because if she's acting, if she's doing a victim dance or being in like a martyr energy, what that does is it actually takes away from space for you to just be held in whatever's going on for you. Does that feel true? Very true. And so you've got these two different parts of you, it sounds like that are warring a little inside where of course you see and you know that your mom has the capacity and on some level does offer unconditional love. And yet there are her own wounds and her own protection mechanisms and her own stuff that comes into the relationship that essentially sucks away from that love that you know you could potentially feel and that intimacy that you know you could potentially feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our parents grew up in such a different period historically than us. And they just didn't have the same tools that we have access to right now. What mattered I think for humans at the time was very, very different than what matters for us now. We are, you know, whether you subscribe to this or not, um, there is talk, let's put it this way, there's talk around, you know, currently where we are literally down to the final days right now. So it's interesting that you booked your session right now. 
we are in this place where we are transitioning in humanity. And astrologically, it's spoken about a lot that we are in this huge shift. Mm-hmm. And it's a shift that, you know, take the take everything I say with a grain of salt here, because I'm definitely not, uh, I don't know much that much about astrology, but I do follow a lot of astrologers. And, you know, we are in this shift from one, one consciousness to another. And this has been like hundreds of years, we've been operating in one consciousness, and we're moving into a different consciousness. And our parents were part of the old consciousness. And we are part of this new consciousness. And even our parents, by the way, have the ability, if they have access to tools, if they have access to conversations with us, they have the ability to still shift their consciousness. It's of course a lot harder when they're older, right? We like get stuck in our ways a little. Um, But you know, my dad, like a year ago or something, sent me some video about like quantum physics and I don't know what, and I was like, go dad. Like the most traditional like economics professor who's very like science, like it's 3D and da da da. So there is potential. Mm-hmm. for anything if we are willing to shepherd them into it and so your mother simply doesn't have the tools that allow her to be aware of what it is that you actually need right a lot of what she's operating on is like the way she was mothered and what she saw as the way to protect your children and love your children and so I'm I'm wondering it's really good for us to get clear on really distinguish what it is someone needs to do in order for us to feel a certain way because you started with oh I would I really want unconditional love and unconditional love is going to look very different for each one of us what you experience as unconditional love and what I might experience as unconditional love and someone else might experience as unconditional love, totally different. And so for you to distinguish and get clear, like, oh, for me, it's about feeling heard and specifically feeling heard without bringing in your own baggage, your own story, your own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I can tell you what it, what it, what it does not, (laughs) or in my mind, just based on the history of experiences that we've shared, like what it doesn't feel like, you know? Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is, is true. Like, that's what I feel like I would, I would love from her is just this the kind of holding space without judgment Uh, holding space without judgment um and and just knowing that like this the messaging whether verbal or just shown is that she's here for me and loves me and no matter you know what's coming out of my mouth 
she's she's yeah she's just she's gonna love me <laughs> and not make it about herself like that's what I would like hmm. have you ever asked her oh I n not as its own thing no mm -hmm. no like not in a separate conversation you know I've never tried it in that way, like where we're not in the middle or I'm not in the middle of sharing something. Hmm. And then she goes into her world and then I try to explain to her it's not about her or I'm not blaming her or, you know, it could, it could, our most recent is my tone. <laughs> Uh, turned into uh, it's the way I talk to her it's the tone mm -hmm. <sighs> it, yeah so I don't think I've ever tried like just weeks on later being like hey mom can you um, just listen to me like I, I don't really want you to say anything I, I just need to be held and supported right now without judgment mm -hmm. I've never tried that I, I thought about trying it but I've never sure. actually done that well, tell me a little bit more about when you did think about trying it, or even right now when I brought it up again as an option, like what comes up for you? Um, she's, uh, it's, this is me thinking the worst, but like her being like, uh, you know, you're mean, like that's rude. Like you don't think that I would, I would do that in the first place, like mm -hmm. making it about her again. Like I'm attacking who her character, who she is. Mm -hmm. She's taking it personal. Like, Hey mom, you know, can, can you just be here for me? Like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's going to turn into one of those. <laughs> mm. It's funny how often, right. We, assume something will happen and somehow we materialize it through our belief, through our projection. Like, oh, I think it's gonna go this way. And so we go in with that energy, which often then creates and sort of reconfirms our story of, oh, well, guess she's always gonna be that way. Shouldn't have bothered, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. What is, so tell me a little bit more about, um, you said that recently there was, it, there was this thing about your tone. She was commenting on your tone. What happened recently that had this specifically come up? Mm. 
My aunt tested positive for COVID-19. Um, thankfully, she, was, she is asymptomatic. Oh, so she didn't know. Um, my my um, mom was watching my son, mm-hmm. and that for like four days because we didn't have our daycare provider because we had gone to travel out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday. Mm -hmm. And we drove and we went to see my partner's parents. Um, And so we needed to like take some time off from seeing the daycare provider because our our daycare provider is elderly. And so my my parents agreed to watch my son because I have to work. And during that time, my mom took my son to my grandmother's house. So my son's great grandma. And during that time, my aunt was staying there for the holidays. And they were wearing their masks, but I guess at some point she did have interaction close you know, physical interaction with my son. And so that was within the two weeks, like CDC guidelines, 14 days, you know, that's exposure. Um, But at the time she didn't know it was exposure because she didn't know she was positive. Um, But the day after she went and she got tested, she was negative. Um, But then she decided when she got home to test again because the line was short. Every state has weird, different ways of testing. But in her state, the line was short. So that was a clue. Like, let me go. Let's just go get tested for fun. Mm -hmm. Well, she got tested and it was within the two-week window and bam, positive. So we all are, you know, like stressed out because everyone in my family that had interaction or was exposed to her went and got tested. And that meant that for this whole, the whole week um, that I had been exposed to my son, there's the daycare provider and there's like a bunch of people that were exposed to my son, like including my stepkids, my husband, me. (sighs) So we all were like already stressed. And when I told the daycare provider, she was pretty livid, like very upset um, because she didn't know that my son was going to have exposure to someone that had been traveling on a plane. Mm-hmm. which I could understand. And I had to, you know, apologize. And I felt like I had lost her trust. Mm. <sighs> and so when I talked to my mom after 
you know, having that tense conversation with daycare provider, I was coming off as if I was mad at my mom, which I wasn't at all. I was not even upset with my mom. I, I was just still in my world of being ups, being upset because of like everything, just everything that's going on. And, you know, feeling like I like literally almost lost our daycare provider for my son that I like love like she's wonderful she's been with him since he's five months old so I was expressing to her what the provider was telling me before I could even finish she accused me of blaming her and when I told her specifically that I was not blaming her that it's no one's fault that it's all of our faults that we all should have been more careful I should have been explicit xyz she went into her victim world and started saying that she would die for her grandson that how dare I and then I told her again this isn't about what you did or what you didn't do you know and then it turned into I don't like the way that you talk to me you always talk to me in this tone. And she basically hung up on me. Mm. A bunch of other things have happened since then, mm -hmm. but she is still upset. And that's clear to me. And even though we're like talking on our family text strand and, you know, she's appearing on like the FaceTime calls that my son is on with our family text strand, she's not directly, you know, talking to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah we're still like in that and I know that I need to reach out to her or I can let time pass but I am not like that's not who, who I am right now like I'm not gonna just let it sit and let time pass because that doesn't feel good to me right now. Like, I know I need to just talk to her. Um, so that's also like why I'm so grateful that like we're in this conversation so that I can 
find a new polar w-h-o-l-e-r if that's a word way of um yeah helping us be in in right relationship yeah yeah And so I can really hear how this incident has brought forth very clearly the uh, an ongoing longing that just sort of got stirred up, right, with this particular scenario, but this ongoing longing for something that has been like humming in the background for you and for your inner little girl, this younger version of yourself that has always been wanting to just be heard and held space for by your mother without judgment. Yeah. And often, you know, life will do that thing where as long as things are going well, we don't really address our needs as much. (laughs) It's harder to be proactive about what we need and voice what it is that we need. But often it is through pain and suffering and certain incidents that come up that feel just intolerable that get us to a point that really push us towards, oh, okay, oh, there is this really deep longing. So actually that pain, that suffering, those circumstances that suck are an opportunity for us to just get faced with, oh, right, this is a deeply unfulfilled longing for intimacy with me and my mother. This is a deep unfulfilled longing for a space where she doesn't make it about herself or she's not judging me and making it about the way that I'm speaking and instead can just be a pillar of strength for me. Because what happens when we don't have our mother or our partner or the person, our friend who's holding space for us, if they cannot be a pillar of strength for us, if they can't hold that space, what ends up happening within ourselves? (sighs) The whole building comes coming, comes crashing down. It needs that. Either that or what is the alternative? (laughs) I build that pillar for myself. (laughs) Exactly. And so what I'm hearing underneath all of this is an ache and a longing to be held so that you don't have to do it on your own. This part of you that's exhausted for always being the pillar of strength, for always being the person figuring it out, for always being the person who is, even in her own experience and her own emotion and her own fear, somehow has to hold the fear of her mother. Because what you were doing on that call was holding her fear because she and her guilt right? Because she was going into a whole thing about I would die from, you know, my grandson. And it's like, well, where's that coming from? We can assume that it's from immense guilt and shame and a feeling of, oh, I should have done it differently. 
But instead of her being able to just express that, there was this protection mechanism that came out around, I would do anything for my son, like a way to, to, and it really was just fear coming out of her own system and being thrown onto you, which then meant what you had to be the adult, you had to be the masculine, you had to be the one holding all of it, holding your own fear and your mom's fear, your own, you know, guilt and her guilt when all you wanted was there was this in, there was this little girl in you that's like i just want my mom to hear me i'm scared i'm scared i'm going to lose another pillar that holds up the foundation of my family and my day-to-day life which is this day- daycare provider right yeah cuz she is that other pillar for you What's coming up for you now? A few things. (laughs) Um, Like resentment. obviously and then like just this feeling of like maybe I'm not ever gonna really ever get what I really want from her you know and that yeah it's like um, it almost feels like it definitely feels sad, but it also, I feel guilty for it too. Like to think that, you know, like, because I, I really do feel like she has the potential mm-hmm. and the capacity. I do. Mm. It's just more like, what, how do I need to approach it? What do I need to do to like, help her get there and then it's like oh there you go again exactly what you just said so a few things here one we of course can only control our own actions and our own reactions and we have no control over how someone else responds to anything that we do, ultimately. With that said, we often assume what someone else is going to do and then avoid actually asking for what we want because we've made an assumption about how they're going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Which means we never give ourselves and our desires, our longing, that ache, a chance to actually be met. Because there's this ache and longing in your heart 
to be met in this place of closeness and intimacy with your mother. And yet what's really interesting is there's a part of you at least that's going, oh, I'm already filled with resentment and grief because I just don't know that she'll ever be able to do it. And yet we've established earlier that there actually hasn't been a single time out of the context of a triggered situation where mm -hmm. you have gone to her and said, mom, what I would really love or what I would really need from you in these particular situations is to just be held. I get scared and I just need you to hold me. Energetically, physically, whatever that means, but it's an energy of being held. And we don't do that because it's vulnerable as fuck. <laughs> When I think about doing that to my mother, I'm like, oh, that sounds really edgy, <laughs> mm. right? Maybe for, for other moms and mom-daughter relationships, that's not a problem. But, but I, I hear you. I have the same thing with my mother. So I really can feel in my body the sort of cringing contraction that happens where we go, ooh, yeah, like that's truth, but it's a little much because it's vulnerable. But it's actually what the moment is asking of you. It's what your heart is asking of you. My sense is if you were able to work up to being able to, out of context of trigger, in a just normal conversation come to your mom with all of you know sort of your walls down and with this vulnerability and open heart of what I would really need is x y and z I find it really hard for her to not respond differently than in the past because what's happening is you're changing the dance move here right it's a there's a certain dynamic where you stay strong because you assume your mom can't hold you and therefore your mom assumes you're strong so she doesn't hold you and goes into her own shit but if you actually came to her going I don't have it in me. I'm not going to show you I'm strong. I'm not going to show you I can hold it all together. I'm I'm actually, I'm scared and I need you. I need my mother. And she can either step up to that opportunity or she might not. But at that point, you have actually given your heart's longing a voice. You have expressed it. You have put it out into the open. You have given your mom an opportunity to love you the way that you need to be loved because she doesn't know. She doesn't know what you need if you don't tell her. Yeah. Uh, the way that you said that 
it it brought me back to you know a specific moment that we shared many many years ago not many many maybe just many um where I did that for her <sighs> what is that when you say you did that I just want to make sure I understand <sighs> listen to her be vulnerable with me and hold her while she cried in my arms. <sighs> I feel guilty. I feel like um like I'm playing victim right now, but like I can't remember a single time where she held me and I cried in her arms. And I'm not saying it's her fault, but I think I never felt like it was okay to do that. And I never felt like I was welcomed to do that. So I never tried. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when we've been going for so many years in a particular way. And same for your mom her interaction with you has been a particular way I bet if we asked her she's like oh you know she's like a pillar of strength like she doesn't on some level she probably feels like she doesn't know she doesn't know how she can love you she doesn't know how she can be of of of, of um like service in a way right to you and what you need And it's so easy for us to get, we just go into sort of autopilot in our dynamics. And this work with your mom too is work that will spill over into all your relationships. When you can start to show up, the first time is the hardest. It feels so difficult on our nervous system because we're doing something new. We're really beginning that carving of the new neural pathway there. But if we go in and we try and we go, oh, I'm going to actually voice my needs clearly, not in the space of trigger, but just from this calm, collected nervous system is regulated place where I go, what I would really need is this. When we allow ourselves to be that vulnerable, a lot of the longing and the ache and the yearning and this place where we just assume, oh, I don't think it'll ever work out for me or I don't think I'll ever get that thing that I want that start that story starts to go away because we realize we just never asked for it. 
we think we ask for it. We do all these sneaky things where I'm like, oh, well, I mean, come on, it should be obvious what I need. And like, I don't understand why my partner can't see that like, this is what I want. And like, why is my mom not just making this about herself, right? Like we, we go into these, these stories, but the truth is we never have actually asked for what we need. And what's really fascinating is the liberation, that feeling of exhale of like freedom in your body uh, of like authenticity, right? The freedom that comes with being yourself, that's going to show up once you ask for what you want, irrespective of if the person actually can meet you there. That's the funny thing. We always are scared to ask for what we want because we think we won't be met. We think we'll be rejected, right? But the truth is, the freedom part, the part of you that's liberating yourself is just the ask. It's not what the response is of the other person. Cause we never know what's going to happen on the other side. Your mom might be like, Nope, not available for that. I doubt it, but she might be, you might ask your partner like, Hey, I really need this, you know, whatever thing. He might be like, mm, Nope, can't do that. Sorry. But you asked. And it's usually the asking part that has us go, huh, okay, I did, I stood up for myself, I did what I needed, I honored my heart's desires, I honored my authentic needs, right? That's the part that your, your little girl's aching for even more than the hug from your mom. The hug from your mom is important, it's beautiful, and what she really needs is to have you the new mom in town, <laughs> honor her needs and honor her desires and see her and hold space for her, which means being a champion for what she needs. Mm hmm. Mm. How's, how's this all landing? It feels right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's simple, but it's the deepest work. And it's simply the sentence of what I would love or what I would need is filling in the blank. Because I find that also is a really great way to just allow the language to be a little bit softer instead of like, can you do this? Which can feel a little like there's a critique in it possibly if the other person is sensitive or, you know, I need you to, you know, like, I need like, there's a bit of a command in there verse, which is a little bit more masculine and directorial and can sometimes like have someone else respond in that like perked up way, like a defensive way versus yeah. like, you know, what I would really love, which is an invitation. It's not a command. What I would really love, what I would really need to feel loved is X, Y, and Z. And that way you are giving them like sort of the breadcrumbs, like this is the way, this is the manual to my heart 
you can choose to follow or you can choose not to, but I'm just, I'm just very, it's a much more feminine magnetizing way of going, here's what I need. And I will leave it up to you as to whether you want to show up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's coming up for me right now is because we're still in the context of like, well, there's still some, you know, it's still there. Like her not wanting to directly engage with me. It's like, if I were to bring it up, we're still stuck. Like this, the the stuff about the daycare provider and just the, my tone is it's still there so it's like the time hasn't passed so it's like I feel like oh then if I want to say this to her I'm gonna need to you know apologize for my tone and then I can bring this up you know I don't know that's that's I would, I, I would just say like you know, this piece is something that you can intuitively navigate. But the key thing to remember is that you're playing the long game here. So mm -hmm. there's things from today's conversation that will naturally seep into the way in which you go back to your mother and speak to her and sort of, you know, come to terms with what happened and get to a place where things are peaceful again. And you can bring in pieces of today and today's conversation into that. You can go, you know, here's what I wanna hold myself accountable or take responsibility for. And that's the piece where that softens the other person first, right? Like you go first and you go, all right, mm -hmm. here's, here's what I could have done better. And here's what I apologize for. And I would also love to share what I would have needed to be softer, to feel less scared, to feel less angry. Are you open to hearing that? Yes or no? Okay, if it's a yes, then you get to share that. And if it feels like just way too big of a step, like you can intuitively navigate it. If it feels like way too big of a step, then there's a way to just complete this particular scenario and cycle and disagreement. But with being in the energy of what we already spoke about, knowing that you're looking at the bigger picture and you're, you know, sometimes we just have to go and be the person, you know, that's more generous first and be willing to take 100% responsibility for everything even though we know it's not necessarily, you know, right. Or it's an opportunity for you to go, here's what I'm responsible for. And here's what I would, you know, love from you. And so there's two, there's, you get to do it however you feel is right. Mm -hmm. And you've been in relationship with your mom a lot more uh, than, you know, I've been on this call with you. So I feel like you would know exactly what to do ultimately you know, in your heart, your body's going to tell you when you're in that conversation, 
And it could be moment to moment. You know, you don't have to go in with a game plan. You can just feel into what it's like as it's happening. Just knowing that you always have the option to pull out the sentence, what I would have loved more of, what I would have needed. And that's it. And just keep it that simple. And then ultimately have a separate conversation about that at some point when it feels right. Mm -hmm. And just go into it remembering that this isn't about what your mom ultimately responds to. Because she might not be ready. Mm -hmm. She might have to go through some more, you know, tantrums and her own stuff. And, you know, but that you are liberating yourself by speaking your truth. You're honoring your desires, your longing, and that is actually the medicine. How does that feel? It feels very authentic to me. <laughs> well, I just that's thought good because that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. I just thought about um, your program and the song that you chose for me. Um, it's like it's a perfect song. It was. Um, the Emily Sun Day song. Um, the one uh -huh, I can't uh -huh. think of the time. I want to speak. I want to shout. I want to, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, our our key, the key themes and explorations in our in our life don't really change. We just get, you know, we go through different initiations of the same thing. And we get, you know, we pass the first threshold and then we're asked to deepen into that even more in the next threshold and the next threshold, right? It's sort of this spiral of our own unwinding of the programming of all that isn't ours. And so this is just another layer. It's just another layer. It's a very profound one because it's an unwinding of the relationship between you and your little girl and then your actual mom and your little girl. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a few layers there. And these are one of the most profound relationships that we have, the one with our mother. And so it will spill out into everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's coming up for me. It's it's so interesting that you say that because the the layer that's coming up for me is is that I I I want a daughter, like I so badly want a daughter, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it comes from you know this desire to like have the kind of relationship that like I didn't have, you know, and that my mom didn't have with her mom, I mean, and, and my grandmother didn't have with my great grandmother, you know, like, it's mm -hmm. just, it's so interesting, like, <sighs> how that's, that's like, super present for me right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why this showed up now, then. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. 
If this episode juiced you up, turned you on, and got you interested in private coaching with me, head on over to NadiaMunla.com. The Work With Me page outlines everything. The time containers, the price points, who I work with, and so on and so forth. And if you still have questions after that, um, you can email us at info at NadiaMunla.com to inquire about applications or anything else that was not answered on the page. And then when I receive your application, if I feel like we're a fit, we always hop on an exploration call before we commit to anything. And this to me is like, Uh, going on a date, (laughs) going on a coaching date. And we do that in order to really confirm that this is a relationship we both want to enter into for a period of time. We get clear on what it is that I can support you with, whether I am the best person to support you and how we will do so. So if this is you, I can't wait to get your application and hop on the phone with you soon. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show and I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.